Pastor Patty and Jeff are away on holidays. They are taking a trip up in the Gas Bay and uh, uh, enjoying a very deserved rest for them. And so it's our privilege today to have Dom Russo with us to share from God's Word. Many of you know Dom. For those that don't, he is a, a lead pastor, has been a lead pastor in several different churches. He is a teacher. He has taught at many Bible colleges across Canada. Uh, he has a master's degree in smart stuff and a doctorate in really smart stuff. So we're just so glad to have Dom here today. He's a friend of Evangel, and we just love him to death. Thank you, Dom. Come, let's welcome him as he comes today to share God's Word. Thanks, Pastor Rob. It's great. It's good to be here, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good. Wow. They told me in the first service that this is the, the quieter group. Is that true? Yeah, I, I, it's confusing because you all had more time to sleep, so you should be like ready to go. But I, I'm ready to go and I'm ready to uh, kind of just encourage you to think about the things that God maybe wants to say to you this morning. And uh, uh, like Pastor Rob said, I'm a pastor here in, in Montreal, the Laval area, but I grew up in Montreal and this is my home. And uh, a topic like this, a topic about what it means to, to rest and to trust God is something that I'm not necessarily good at. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't uh, consider myself someone who rests easily. And if you've been here throughout the summer, uh, you know that this has been a series that Pastor Patty's been encouraging you to consider what it's like to consider the pace of your life. Just think about that for a second. Are you a person that's fast-paced, you have a lot on the go, things are happening, and, and you can forget to slow down enough to be able to listen to God speak? And a lot of times in our culture, we can forget that resting is not only something we do so that we can feel better, but it's that in those times when we rest, God wants to do something very, very simple. It's actually the name of your series. God wants to restore your soul. That God wants to give us more of who he is and a better picture of what he's calling us to when we slow down to rest. And yet, this is such a difficult thing to learn how to do. I began with a confession in the earlier service I want to share it with you that uh, when we started our church, the 180 churches in Laval, we meet in a warehouse space. You'll just see a picture behind me here. When we, when we started the church, uh, I, to tell you the truth, I had no idea. I mean, I had been a pastor, but nobody really learns how to plant a church. Nobody really gets up and says, I'm going to be a church planter and I'm going to figure this out. Everything about starting a church is scary. Everything about starting a church is like new every hour. <laughs> You know, you're afraid, you're overwhelmed, but my wife and I, we were living in Ontario, and in the quiet times with God, God quietly said to us, it's time to come back home, Montreal's home for me, I grew up here, and it's time to start a new church. And I remember in that moment feeling like, I don't know what this is going to mean, God, but I'm going to learn to trust you, and so we began this process to start the church. And about six months before the church actually began, I started to get this weird rash on my body. Like my chest was getting these red patches. My arms, underneath my arms was all red and itchy. And I was like, I don't want to tell anyone this, but I don't know where this is coming from. This is kind of weird. And so I, I kept it quiet for a little while. And after uh, I finally told my wife, I said, hey, hon, uh, I don't know what's going on, but like, I feel like I'm getting this rash and it feels always itchy. And, and you know, she, like a wise wife, said, you should go see a doctor. You know, and I'm the kind of husband that it's like, I'll only go to the doctor if I'm about to die. Any of you married to someone like that? It's like, yeah, whatever, I'm not going, right? But, but finally, I had to go. I, I went. And you can imagine, I, I get to the doctor, and I explain this, and the doctor asks me a question I'm hoping he's not going to ask me. He says to me, what do you do for a living? And I was like, what do I do for a living? I'm like, well, I kind of work for the Lord, right? I'm like, I, I'm, I'm a pastor. And he's like, you're a pastor at a church. 
I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm doing that. And, and he said, I don't know if you know this, but kind of the rash that you're getting seems to be induced by a certain stress. Like, are you under a lot of stress? I said, we're kind of starting a church. I'm really, really stressful. And he kind of seemed to imply in a nice way, aren't you supposed to be trusting God in your religion? I was like, yeah, about that. I'm like, are you a preacher? <laughs> you know, you have a moment where you're convicted because you know, like in your head, like what he's saying is true, but it wasn't getting in my heart. I knew what it was like that I needed to rest. I knew what it was like that I needed to trust God. I knew what it was like that I shouldn't worry about all these things. But my body was saying to me, you're still worried. You're still afraid. You're not trusting God in the way you need to. And so over time, God started to work on me. And so this morning as we learn together, I want to let you know that I'm not speaking as a professional in this topic. It's something that I'm learning and I'm regularly learning to say, God, what does it mean that you desire for me and for you, for all of us, to find times where we're slowing down to rest, to hear from God? Because in the scriptures, there's these reminders that when we rest, our physical bodies get a new strength. Actually, in the book of Proverbs, there's this beautiful proverb. It says this, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I mean, what a profound word of wisdom from the scriptures, right? That even our bodies, when we're at peace on the inside, are restored and God begins to do something. And a healing takes place. And, and throughout the summer, for some of you, maybe you experience that. Maybe some of you are coming off some vacation or maybe you're going to squeeze vacation this week before the fall really begins. And a lot of students are going to start coming back to Montreal. And so I, I don't know about you, but as you think about this next season, have you found time? to slow down enough to rest? Have you found time to just slow enough enough, not just to rest so you're stronger, but that so you're learning to hear God speak to you better? So that you can learn what God's voice sounds like in the midst of the noise, God can speak to you and you can learn to trust Him in a deeper way this fall. I often think about this topic even in the context of our church, and, and many of you know this. If you're listening online, maybe you, you know you connected with this idea that Christians did not invent the idea of resting. I mean, we're not the only ones that rest. I know people in my family, I have people, my brother actually is an atheist and he doesn't believe in God at all. And no matter what, who you know and what field you're in, you know that the, the industry of slowing down, it's actually called the wellness and health industry, okay? It's a whole industry. I mean, there's apps for it. There's like uh, apps called like calming down where you play them and birds play in the background. Any of you ever get one of these? Ever hear them? It sounds like something like this, like these apps, right? Like just, like I'm supposed to be resting now. Right, I'm getting hungry. But you have all these things. This is a billion-dollar industry. Billions. People across all cultures, across all walks of life are trying to figure out, how do we slow down? How do we rest? Can I listen to enough water streaming on my phone to make me feel rested? Is there an app that I can put stuff in that will help me not to worry? All kinds of things in our world are like thrown our way because you know what? To be human is to wrestle with this fact that we're made to have to slow down and rest. And yet when we learn about resting in the Christian context, when we learn about resting in the context of the Bible, God calls us to something deeper. God calls us to a deeper place where we learn to hear from Him in a deeper way. So I want you to remember this, and if you're taking notes, maybe you want to write this down. That if your, your understanding of vacation is just to rest, Without learning to hear a word from God, rest is never going to be enough. Rest is never going to be enough for you. 
Because sooner or later you're going to get busy again and overwhelmed. And we actually live in a culture where people go, 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 and then they have to stop because their body's just shutting down. It's actually something that's part of our culture now. And I know people that do this. They're like, I'm going to work really, really hard all fall. And then at Christmas time, I'm going to get a vacation. And then I'm going to work really, really hard all of the, you know, the next season. And then maybe I'll get a vacation. And it's like this roller coaster. Our spiritual life is like a roller coaster. We're like, go, 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 go. And then, and then you try to hopefully you'll find rest. And the Bible talks about rest in a very different way. The Bible invites us in some ways to consider the rhythms of prayer. Like even the simple three parts of the day where we slow down to pray. It's God saying, hey, your life should be governed by a different pace. You should not have like a car drive in sixth gear, go, 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 and then stop. Burn, 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 and then stop. You don't do that. Learn to have a rhythm for your lives that's, that's, that's going to help you flourish, that's going to help you hear from me. And, and I don't want to redo the sermons that you've heard, but Pastor Patty and other speakers have talked about what it means to have Sabbath rest. That every seven days you slow down and you have a rest and you listen to God and you give back and you serve and we remind ourselves that it's God who's sustaining us in the process. Now, I don't know about you, but many people today are learning that we are being introduced for the first time in our culture in a long time to binge culture. Any of you know binge people who like watch a TV show, maybe it's you, you know, a new show is on TV and especially with Netflix, thank you Netflix, no commercials ever, right? You can watch one show with like three seasons like in two days. You just sit there, watch, watch, go, go, go. It's like a binge rhythm. And we do this with TV. We do this with music. We do this with food. We also do it with work. It's all around us. And yet the Bible, as we study it and as we listen from God, he's like, don't be those kinds of people. Don't think that you can survive this life by playing at a roller coaster pace with your life. You're going to need regular times where your pace of life and the rhythm of your life, whether it's your prayer time, whether it's Bible study time, whether it's serving with others, whether it's gathering on Sunday together, has a different, it's not this kind of life, but it's this kind of life. Where there's bumps and little times in your life, but there's a sustaining where God begins to take you and speak to you and give you a new picture for the kind of person he's calling you to be. Now, if you don't speak Hebrew, and I'll assume that many of us haven't had time to go to Bible college and learn Hebrew, like in the Hebrew language of the Bible, this idea of learning to rest and to have regular rhythms of rest is easier to understand because of the way the Bible talks about it. And so I want you to do this very simple exercise just together for a second. Just think about what it's like when you're resting. Take a minute, just think about it for yourself. What kinds of things are you doing in your head when you're resting? Some of you, it's, you're reading a book. You know, some people rest that way. Some of you, I'm just going to, Assume some of you like to go for a walk. You feel like you're resting. You just want to go for a walk. Like if you're a, a mom or, you know, a dad who's at home with kids, like my wife, I have three small boys, like resting is my wife hiding in the bathroom, right? She's like, okay, don't tell the kids that I'm going to go and hide so they don't know where I am, right? Depending in your life, resting looks different. If you're a shift worker, resting is hard. Like your schedule's different. Your family time is different. What does the resting look like for you? And are you able to find times in your schedule to say, hey, i got to figure this out. If you're a student, you know how important this is. You have your schedule and you're trying to say, okay, where can I rest and where do I eat and where can I sleep and when do I study and I have to work. What does that look like for you? Now in the Bible, all the people in the Bible who are learning to trust God and to learn to rest in a way that God honors and God speaks to them, they understand that there's some certain images in the Bible when God is calling his people to rest and to listen to him so that he can restore their soul. 
Some of you are here this morning, and God wants you to know that he's dying. He's waiting for you so that he can restore your soul. So that you would hear him say to you, hey, don't be afraid. Hey, in this next season, you can trust me with that. Hey, in this next job thing you're looking at, you're over scared about, just watch what I'm going to do now. Just let me restore your soul. Because you can rest and never have your soul restored. You can just rest and have like you'll feel you're less tired. But in the Bible, resting is always a step to learning to hear God speak in a clearer way. It's important. And in the Hebrew language, you actually can learn that in a very simple way. And I want to show you two words. You'll see them on the screen here. There, there are two Hebrew words. So we're going to try this. Some of you just woke up, so it's good. We can do this together. Some of you got that. Okay, so all of you say the word midbar. Midbar. Say that word again. Okay, midbar. Okay, now say the word dabar. Dabar, okay. So how many of you, if you know Hebrew or not, how many of you would say when you hear those words, they sound the same? Sound the same? Midbar, dabar. Now the English words are wilderness and a word. doesn't always connect with our ear in the same way. But in Hebrew, everybody understood this idea that I want to just explain very, very simply. That when you wanted a word from the Lord, when you wanted a special word from God, you had to learn to trust God in the wilderness of life sometimes. That if you wanted to hear God speak in a special way and in a unique way, you would have to trust them at times where you would feel like you're in the midbar of your life. That seasons that feel like the midbar are places where God gives us a dabar. Right? It's easy to hear in the Hebrew language. And you know why this is so hard for us? Because no one in their right mind loves to be in the wilderness. Nobody's like, I hope I'm in the desert this fall. Nobody's about to begin this semester in this next scene. It's like, I hope it's a horrible season and I feel alone in the wilderness. Nobody's going to do that. If your friends do that, you need new friends. That's weird. It's just weird if they do that. Nobody naturally does this. But in the Bible, what God shows us is that there's times when we feel all alone. When we feel that other people don't understand us. When we feel like we're really not sure what the next step is. We look around and there's nothing there, like the wilderness, like the desert. And God's like, perfect. Now learn to hear me speak here. That God would have a dabar for you. That God knows parts of your soul and parts of your life that are getting dry. And he's like, let me water this here. Let me show you what it's like to grow as a husband. Let me teach you what it's like to be a mom that can trust me and can show your kids not to worry. Let me teach you what it's like to be able to be generous even though finances are not as good as you thought they would be. Let me teach you that. You need a word from me. God has a way of speaking to us no matter where we're at because resting is a stepping stone to having our souls restored. This is very important. And in these moments, I know so many people, they spend their whole lives running away from those moments. There's people who can't ever stand being alone ever by themselves. I mean, they got music on, got to play stuff, get distracted. They're alone. They're just like losing it. And yet God has a way of saying, just quietly, come. Just be alone with me now. Pay attention. You don't have to bring anything. You could just learn to do this. And, and you know, when you start to do this, it's very weird. And it's very hard. I know people who are new to Christianity, they're learning about Jesus. And they're like, hey, pastor, I was trying to pray. It feels really weird. Like we just stand there, right? Or sit there and do nothing. Like that's how it starts. They're like, I feel like I'm going crazy. Is this normal? I'm like, yeah, it's normal. Sometimes I'll encourage them to read a 
a passage of scripture. Just wait. We, we really don't know how to do this anymore. That's why it's so hard to find these times where God's like, I wanted to restore your soul. I wanted to heal this thing that you're carrying. But you were fine with just resting an extra day and then you went back to the pace of your life. You were fine with getting an extra few hours of sleep so you felt better. And then you went back to the pace of your life. God's like, no, that's not what I have for you. Learn to trust me. I mean, the people of God are going to be in the desert. And they're going to have to learn a new pace of what it means to trust God. In the book of Hosea, we have this beautiful passage in the prophet Hosea where God is speaking to his people. And this is what he says to them. He says, therefore, I am now going to allure her. Talking about Israel, the people of God. I'm going to draw her, he says, God says. And I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. That through the prophet, God says, you know what? My people are so confused and distracted about who they should be that I'm now in the wilderness. I will start to speak to her again so that, that my people can learn who they really, who they should be. Now, I said earlier that resting and finding time to relax and, and feeling like, you know, you have new strength is not a Christian idea. But I want to tell you something that's so essential for us and for you this morning and even as you head into the fall to understand. That every time we rest or every time people in our culture, you learn about resting, many times people in our culture will talk about this theme, this, this important calm or being centered or there's all kinds of words for it, so that they could be better at their job. So that they could be better. And there's words like hustle. You can out-hustle someone else. You can be better than them. Like I once saw a t-shirt at a store. It said, you can do all things, out-hustle everyone. You know? And I was like, wow, that's, i got to buy that. I feel that like that's right. You know, like there's all kinds of stuff you can buy about this. Or there's even Christians that use Bible verses that say, you know, you can do th all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and I tell them, you know, it doesn't really mean that if you're not careful. Like you can't fly. Like, yeah, I could do all things through Christ. You jump off a roof. You're like, you're not going to be a bird no matter how much you try. Right? It actually means that when we trust God, we live out of the fullness of who God's made us to be. And so I want to tell you something important. If you're a note taker and you like taking notes, just you write this down, okay? That every time we slow down to rest and to be quiet with God, God reminds us of our limitations. Remember, this is the most essential Christian idea that most people don't understand. That every time we slow down and God restores our soul, he reminds us that we were created and he's the only one that's God. He, he reminds us of this because everything else around us is how do we rest to be the best? How do we rest to be most victorious? How do we rest so we're more successful? In Christianity, God's like, this is how you rest so you remember your real place in this whole picture. Do you see what a difference that is? And that's why people don't like resting. Because we live in a culture where we don't want to talk about our limitations. Like, I knew somebody once who was like, you know, Pastor, I can go through my whole week by sleeping four hours a night. I'm like, wow, is that a good idea? Like, well, I could do it. I never have to sleep. I can keep working more. I'm like, that sounds ridiculous to me. You might have to do that once. You maybe have to do that twice if you're stuck in a big project. But why would you live like that all the time? Why would you have this pace of life to prove to someone else, to prove to people that like, I'm, I'm victorious. I have no limits. No li I'm like, that's not what it means to be a Christian. That's not what it means to learn to trust God. That's not what it looks like when God's restoring your soul. When God restores us, he draws us close. He says, hey, hey, remember, I created you with limits. Some of you might not believe this. Turn to the person around you and see someone sleeping. That's a limit right there. I said it. said it. It's true. I've been a pastor long enough. And this is nice. We get a lot of lights here. Okay? And our church is darker. But 
if you don't believe me, try to stay awake when your body's tired. No matter how much you tell yourself, ever happen? I'm going to be awake. I'm going to stay awake. I'm sitting in the front. <sighs> My gosh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I love this church. All right. That preacher was good, but I don't know. I woke up 10 minutes later. You know what that's called? It's called limits. Limits. All of our bodies have limits. Try not to drink water for two days. Try. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Try not to drink water for two days. Tell me how that goes. You know what God's saying? You have limits. You need water. I made you with limits. And every time we rest, God says, remember your limitations and remember that I'm the only one that can restore your soul. I'm the only one that can heal, restore, correct things in you that you've told yourself you could keep going and you can win and you could be the best. God's like, success matters to God. Your success matters to God, but on his terms, not on yours. That we learn when we slow down and we rest. When we let God restore our souls with the word, the bar of God, when we feel like we're in the wilderness, we're like, God, what does this mean? What do I do next? And he's like, shh, quiet. Don't be afraid now. You're like, okay, can I go back to work now? No, no, just stay right here. Can I do this next? No, no, don't worry about that now. This is so hard to develop, this practice, this rhythm. And it doesn't just happen in a roller coaster story. It happens consistently, slowing down, deciding, God, I'm going to get up a bit earlier. I'm going to watch less, or less Netflix, whatever I'm going to do. For some of you, it's simple to just say, as you head into the fall, are you, are you just eating? Are you eating right? Are you careful about your food? Because your body is, is one of the ways that we worship God. So we're learning how to do that. Some, some people do that easier than others. It's hard work. And so I want to encourage you to think about the things that God has in store for you because God doesn't want to just give us rest. He wants to restore our soul. And when God restores inside of us a new strength, he gives us a new vision for the kinds of people he wants us to be. He gives us a new picture of the things he's calling us to. Now, some of you in this next season, as you rest, God will say to you, you're doing too much. Too many commitments. And some of you, God's going to say, you're lazy. You're not doing anything. It's true. Like, it's not even like, I tell people at our church all the time, some of you, too much. Other people, oh, I'm really, really tired. I'm like, you're tired. Tell me what you're doing. Well, you know, I'm like, you don't do anything. You're not tired at all. You're lazy. There's, there's verses in the Bible for this. Go pray about it. I don't have time for this. And sometimes we can just be like, we can think, oh, I'm working so hard. Look, God. God's like, no, 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 no. I want you to stop. I love you for who you are, not because of what you're doing for me. So when we rest and God restores our soul, we begin to give back from a healthy place. And we don't give back out of a hope that, oh, I hope I did enough. I hope, God, God, are you watching this? I'm praying for my son. I'm praying for my daughter. I gave more money. Will you fix this? God's like, what's going on? I just wanted to restore your soul. I just wanted to remind you that I love you now. So where are you at? As you look at the next season that God's calling you to, are you someone that maybe needs to step up and say, God, you, you've blessed me. You've cared for my family. You've done some special things this summer. We've been on vacation. We're rested. I need to step up and begin to serve in some way. I need to begin and find a place where I can give back and give back from a healthy place. For some of you, maybe it's serving with the kids' ministry at the church. For some of you, it's being at the prayer time after this service. Just go to the prayer time. 1.30, I think, right? 1.30? Yeah, 1.30. Let's 
call your friends. I'm, I'm going to be part of the prayer time now. I haven't done I'm, I need to learn to live out of a place where God is restoring my soul. And this is such an important thing that I keep learning and you're going to have to learn. And there's times in the Bible where we have examples of people who rested without a vision to have their souls restored. I'm going to say that again. There's times in the Bible where we see picture of people who rested just to rest without a vision to have their souls restored from God. they're, They're fine with just slowing down and they've forgotten that when we slow down, we slow down to hear God speak. For God to teach us what it means to be more attentive to his voice. One of the characters in the Bible that I always think about when I think about this issue is the great King David of Israel. David's one of the greatest kings in the Bible. He was a horrible father and probably a horrible husband. But we, were, we celebrate him as this great king. And so the more you learn about David, the more you realize, wow, there were times where David is repenting and David's like calling on God and he's hiding in a cave and all kinds of things are happening to David. All kinds of challenges. And at one point in the Old Testament, there's a time where David decides, scholars think he's kind of mid-50 years old at around this time, and he decides that he's going to rest. He decides, listen, I'm in my mid-50s. I mean, I, I remember I feel tired now. I'm not 50 yet. But you know those days like, I feel like I'm 50 or 60 or 70. I know some of you, you're 80, and you're like, I'm ready to go. That was Moses, by the way. Moses went to Exodus when he was around 80. So if you're 80, God's just getting you ready, just warming up with you. Exodus is coming for you. And at one point in the Bible, David decides that, you know what, he needs a different pace. And this is what we're told. you see on the screen beside, or behind me. It says this. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. I mean, this is one of the great moments of David's life. Do you know how good you have to be as a leader to send your army to war and you stay home? I mean, I get nervous that I'm not at my church on a Sunday morning for a service. David's like, no, 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 no. The Lord's blessed us. All my military guys, top notch. I'm staying home to rest. I'm staying home. Just, and, and it was not customary for kings to do this. It was customary that rulers went with their army, especially in this season. And we know that something begins to happen to David where rest was confused in his heart in such a way that this moment, this time, something will begin to happen. It tells us that David, I mean, we don't know why. I mean, you could be so rested, I guess, that you get up in the middle of the night and he's walking in the palace. And we know, some of you know the story of David. This will happen where David will notice a woman on the roof of her house. He'll notice this woman who's there. And what will begin to happen to David is he'll start to think, you know what? Hey, who's that woman? She's pretty. I'm the king. And I'm resting. Nobody's around. I should have her. Somebody get her. I'm the king. You see how easy that even in moments of rest without a vision to hear from God can turn into moments of temptation. Even in moments when no one's around and you think, God, I need a word from you. Satan and the evil one uses those moments to give you a different word. You know what? You deserve more things. You deserve some of that. You've been working too hard. Hey, does God even care about you and your family? Wait a second. David, we don't know what's going through his mind. But we know what he's about to do next is going to ruin him forever. That David will miss a moment of rest for a word from the Lord to time of rest and quiet 
where he can thank God for his faithfulness. He can thank God because he's cared for him. He can thank God that his army is so great. And now the voice of God is quietly somewhere in the background, and he will have an affair with Bathsheba. Not only will David have an affair, he will then have to murder Bathsheba's husband. He's going to have to lie. Like, this was all because he was resting, like he was alone. How did this happen? Moments of rest without a vision to have our souls restored can easily become moments of disaster. Moments where our whole lives fall apart. Because we don't rest to want to hear from God. We rest and we're overwhelmed. And yet this morning I want to encourage some of you that God is calling you to a regular season of slowing down so that you would hear his dabar, his word for you. His careful word of love, his attentive word of provision, his way of reminding you that you don't have to worry. All of these things, because David is a reminder that you can have moments where you think you're going to just rest and you think it's going to be just fine and it turns a whole lot uglier and complicated than you ever thought in your whole life. I'm going to invite the band to come up and they're going to play. And I want to encourage some of you in the next few minutes that we have together to consider what it would look like as you go into this fall to say, God, I've rested. I maybe had some vacation time. I learned a little bit about what the Bible says about Sabbath, all that stuff. But I really need you to restore something in my soul because rest is not enough. Rest is always a stepping stone for God to restore something in us, for God to begin to heal something in us. Because the distractions and the noise and the pressure that's waiting for all of us in this next season is going to be so loud sometimes that God will have to say, this is what I sound like when you're overwhelmed. This is what my voice sounds like when there's a lot of noise. This is what my voice sounds like when you're worried and overwhelmed with the challenge. This is what it sounds like. Remember, we practiced this together as you stopped to let me restore your soul. I, I saw this, this clipping in an article uh, in Germany. You can go to the, the, the Newsweek article on the slide. It says this, German kids are drowning because parents are on their cell phones, lifeguard warns. This is an article that we're reading about. Like the, the world is saying people are so distracted that the consequences is not that they're just going to be tired. The consequences that lifeguards are seeing is that kids are dying because of the distractions of even phones. Now, I'm not a person who's like anti-technology, you know, no phones. It's not about that. It's about that there's certain types of distractions that have huge consequences. There's some distractions that will come your way this fall that if God doesn't restore your soul, you will wonder if God is even there. For some of you, God wants to remind you that in those moments when you're alone and temptations are there, you can choose to listen to his voice, say, I'm here to restore your soul. You don't have to fall for this temptation again. I'm here. Let me restore this. Let me heal this. I'm going to leave you with a, a psalm of David, a prayer of David for us and the church that comes out of his weakness of not having God restore parts of his own soul. That's what he says. Create in me a pure heart, David will write, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, David says, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What a, what a beautiful moment where David's like, God, you need to restore my soul. 
Now, when you read a passage like this, I just want to say something very, very quickly. David talks about the role of the Spirit in his life. And a lot of Christians confuse this passage. They read it as if, like, they make a mistake and the Holy Spirit leaves them. And they're always like, Holy Spirit, please come back. Please. David's talking about the anointing of a king, that the Spirit comes on a king in the Old Testament. It's not like the Spirit in the New Testament. But it is very important to understand that David says, God, you have to restore the vision that you gave me to be the king of Israel. I need the Spirit's strength for my anointing as king again. I've fallen short and purity has become secondary. So create in me a pure heart so that I care about purity, just not when people are watching, but when I'm all by myself. Restore my soul. Restore my soul. So this morning, there's places you can pray with someone. But I'm going to have the team just play, and Pastor Rob will come up and close in a second. But maybe for you, God wants to remind you that in this moment of quiet and rest, maybe it's time to repent. To say, God, there's areas of my life that I still have kept to myself. And I need you to heal them. I need you to restore this in me, this anger, this envy. My body even feels it when I don't release this to you. So that I would see you wanting to be not only the one who restores me, that prepares me for what he's calling you to. Because whenever God calls us, he not only heals us, he gives us a new vision for the kinds of people he's calling us to be. So let me just pray for you as you take some time this morning to reflect on this. Jesus, we thank you for the scriptures. Holy Spirit, we thank you for how you use the words of the Bible to penetrate our hearts. We pray today that you would restore in each of us the joy of your salvation for us. The joy of being your children. The joy of serving a God who loves to restore our soul. I pray you would forgive us for confusing the restoration and the healing of our soul with just rest. With just a few extra hours of sleep or a vacation. You want to give us so much more than that. And I pray for those of us who need to get honest about areas of our lives that we need to repent of, like David. Areas that we've left unattended that will destroy us when we're alone. Do something new in us now. I pray for my brothers and sisters here that you would prepare them and evangel and the leaders here as they head into the fall to be a people who models what it's like that they trust the God who restores their soul. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Sing this together. King of glory, who compares to you? You are worthy of my offering. And every ounce of worship I will pour. Let's just continue to worship. Lord, this worship belongs to you. Can we just take a few moments? If you want to stand or sit or go to a prayer station, let's take a few moments and just spend some time in the quietness, in his rest. Maybe we could even walk through the scripture, creating me a clean heart, a pure heart. Let's just take a moment and pause. Take a moment and pause and reflect on our own life and say, God, 
we repent of the things that we know hold us back and hold us down. And in this moment of rest and this quietness and these next few moments this morning, we just repent of the things that we know hold us back and we ask that you restore our soul, that as we rest with the purpose of meeting with you, you would restore our soul, that we would take quiet moments even now would say, God, in the stillness and the quiet of this moment, restore my soul. Renew my mind. Bring my emotions into balance. I surrender my will to you. Bring rest into my life. Bring rest into my soul. Restore purpose again, spiritual purpose. Allow me to take the quietness of this moment and hear from you. God, I ask that you speak to us right now in this quiet moment. Speak to hearts. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Keep me in your presence, Lord. Don't cast me away from your presence. Keep me in your presence as I rest, as I pause, as I take time to allow my soul to be restored. Allow me to, to stay in your presence. May your anointing continue to guide and lead and direct me. May your spirit continue to be poured out upon me. Restore joy in my life. The joy of my salvation is, as I reflect in this quiet moment, in this time of rest, may I reflect on my salvation. May I reflect on the salvation that you give us and may it be, be, be joy in my life again. May it renew joy in my life. May the reflection of my salvation bring joy into my life. We thank you, Lord. Lord, meet with us. You know the needs represented here. Meet with us as we rest in your presence. Let's worship together. Let's stand together and worship him. King of glory, who compares to you?
worship Him this morning. our worship. You deserve our praise. We thank you for teaching us about Sabbath, for teaching us about rest. Father, we ask that you remind us of these principles, that we would discipline our faith to rest in you, that it would be a com- become a part of our worship. It would become a part of our routine, a part of our faith, that we would take regular time to pause, to come away, to breathe, to rest with a purpose of hearing from you. So pour into us. 
May we find a moment of rest today, a moment of rest throughout this week, a, a mo moments of rest throughout this month. Lord, continue to pour into us to restore our soul. And Lord, as we go today, I pray that you would empower us, that you would strengthen us as we go, that we would discipline ourselves to follow you, to serve you, that we would look for opportunities to do good, to love each other, and to reveal Jesus. Father, as we go and we leave this place, may you go with us with strength and authority and power to do good, to love each other, to reveal Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Continue to find areas of rest. Continue to have your soul restored. God bless you. Have a great week and enjoy the sunshine today.